Hi, Alan. This is uh, Jim from the Houston Society Show. We want to thank you again for joining us tonight. Uh, for everybody listening, ladies and gentlemen, Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Uh, I really enjoy uh, having you back on. Like I said, we had a good time with you in the beginning. Uh, we're, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I want to just give you an idea of who's with us tonight, so that way you know who you'll be speaking with. You've got me, Jim. you got Miss Christina. Hi, Alan. Hello. And we've got uh, Dr. J. Jason. Good evening. And Good evening to you. We've got our director, uh, Super J. Hello, Alan. And we've Hi. got Sonny. Hi, Alan. It is a pleasure talking to you. Actually, I'm the one who uh, helped find you, and I think you're one of the best. Cool. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's go ahead. Thanks very much. Um, so I wanted to just get an idea of what's been going on with you lately. I mean, what have what have been some of the hot topics with uh, your show and some of the research that you've been discovering? Well, uh, basically, uh, it's how the big boys now, those the oligarchs really, who control the systems worldwide now, uh, not, are going into their planned world government, of course. They've been doing it for years and implementing it uh, incrementally. But now they're going for the real punch, which is trying to convince the public uh, to depopulate and trying to convince us as to why they must force us to depopulate the planet. And even on tonight's show, I, I read uh, Sir Richard, uh, is it David Attenborough's uh, talk in one of the newspapers about the need to depopulate people, not just birth control, but actually start depopulating those that are alive. This is how brazenness has all come out today, and you have the Optimum Population Trust that has branches from London across the world, uh, who've, who are all, it's all British lords and sirs that belong to it, the very, very wealthy elite, the establishment, who openly said, with Prince Charles backing them up, that they've got to start drastically reducing the population of the world. This is the old eugenics uh, plan that they've always had uh, since the days of Thomas Malthus, and they drag out fake uh, figures and what they claim are facts and graphs and charts to try and prove their points. Uh, but um, what it really is is a Darwinian plan uh, that the survival of the fittest, the fittest must go on, and those who've helped uh, society get to this level, but whose, whose purpose now is over, they can't go any further, they must simply die off. That's basically the Darwinian uh, religion uh, that's being forced out today into the open under another guise. So we all have to start, sort of start sacrificing to, to save the planet and to save the better ones who will go on into the future. That's basically what it's about now. Yeah. Wow. Well, when we discussed an email, we were um, bringing up some of the topics about the uh, H1N1 virus and, uh, you know, the epidemic that's going on with that. And uh, just wanted to get, uh, before we go into some more deeper questions here, just get your thoughts on what is your opinion on the whole H1N1 scare that's going on right now? Well, you said it's a scare, all right. And they're trying to drum a, a panic level up to the public. But we've got to go back to about 95 for the first demonstrations across, say, Canada, for instance, and other countries of this um, rapid response force to crisis and emergencies, natural disasters, and it came out of nowhere. And then we found out in Canada, we had about uh, television um, specials about it, they'd set up this network of systems across the country, including, including the U.S., for any kind of threat uh, from outside, uh, or as I say, internal threat, natural disasters, and they practice these things in the streets across Canada with actors using actors and volunteers to do with uh, places getting getting blown up, uh, for instance. And I, I remember coming across one in Allison, Ontario, a little potato town, 
uh, with guys lying there with tomato sauce on them and guys bandaging them up. And I asked the cops that were there and the firemen, I says, what is this? He says, well, it's a, a practice for upcoming um, riots, etc. He says, that they'll come down the roads. And, he, and they had a, a, a car parked outside Baxter Laboratories. They have one of the Baxter plants there. Uh, they make vaccines and uh, it says that that's where they might set off a bomb I said, so why would they set off a bomb in front of a vaccine plant well now we're finding out why because the vaccine manufacturers are a big cabal who want to who are getting their way along with government legislation to mandatorily inoculate everybody on the planet they're private businesses I mean, you can imagine having a private business where you get the government to mandate that everyone in the world must buy your spade or your shovel or your bicycle or something. This is literally what's happening here. The only difference is being the government has uh, exempted themselves and these corporations that are going to, by law, vaccinate everyone from any lawsuits against them because they know themselves the stuff is unsafe. I mean, this is criminal what's happening. But at the 2006 meeting, and this is where you must go, you must go into the world meetings I've had at the World Health Organization that's in charge of all of this. Uh, and look over the last few years. In 2006, they said they would train the public uh, to eventually take uh, mandatory shots, starting perhaps with the flu shot. And then once they've done it once, see this Pavlovian training we're getting right now, Mm -hmm. Once we've done it once, um, then they'll start giving us shots every year, including annual booster shots for all our previous uh, childhood injections for the rest of their lives. That's what they said. That's on their own website at the United Nations. And personally, I object to being treated like an animal because under this Sovietized system, that's what they believed in the Soviet system and the, and the Darwinian system. It's all the same thing, that man is basically an animal and you can train him in, in, into any reality and train his behavior in any direction you wish. That's what they're doing with us today. And to be honest, when, when the big boys are out there in mainstream media, in uh, big media uh, newspapers and in the BBC, uh, clamoring about bringing down the population at the same time they want to give us all mandatory shots. I'm very suspicious indeed. Well, we've got to read some questions. Uh, also on the line with us too is uh, Matt from Columbus, so I'm going to give him the honor since he's calling us from Columbus, Ohio uh, for the first question. So, hi, Alan. Yes. Hey, uh, one of the things, when we talk about these grand conspiracy theories, the, the thing that always comes to mind, you, you talk about how these uh, the Illuminati or the, the elites want to depopulate the planet to a, an optimal uh, population level. But, I mean, how, how would a group of elite uh, conspirators be able to pull off a mass extermination without people realizing it? I mean, it, it just seems to me that it, something like that could never actually be successful. What, may, what makes you think that something like this could and is happening right now. Well, if you follow all the information that is uh, available on previous vaccinations, I've got some excellent websites on the histories of vaccination from the medical authorities themselves. And they're utter horror shows when you see what they've actually got tucked away in the, the old um, history charts to do with vaccinations. They can, they can give everyone a shot, for instance. And don't forget, these same pharmacies who make the, the, the uh, vaccines are also employed by the military industrial complex for, for warfare purposes, for 
manufacturing killer viruses and bacterium. I've read articles from about the big boys from the, the, the CDC uh, explaining that connection. They want to put something in your body by law across the planet to start with. That's how they could pull it off if they want to. It needn't kill everybody off at the same rate at the same time. But it certainly could, like the polio vaccines before them, uh, introduce something like the Simeon 40 virus, which Dr. Salk himself, the, the inventor of the polio vaccine, said uh, was, has only one purpose, and that's to cause cancers. And, and now we're plagued with cancers of all strange types. The doctors don't even bother labeling them anymore. They're, they're, so, they're, they're rampant. Uh, so... Um, yeah, they don't want to kill you off in one massive wave. Uh, however, they do want to speed up the dying process. That's what they're all on about today. Uh, they don't want us, want us living as long as we are. That's what they're complaining about. That's what Sir, Sir Attenborough was talking about, too. We don't want them living so long. That's what Julian Huxley said. It says not just uh, um, um, uh, birth control and birth prevention. We must start thinking about death control and start killing off the people before they get too old. That's the head of the UNESCO who said that. But then why is it that at the same time we continue to make great strides in discovery in life-extending uh, medicine and technology <laughs> that they also want to uh, kill us off therapeutically? Well, well, what makes you think that they're going to make all this life-extension uh, technology for you? <laughs> You understand, uh, they, they see themselves as a different species from you. They are, uh, they are the, the products of, of many, many ger generations of select, special selective breeding, like the Darwins were. Darwins uh, had five generations where the Darwins only intermarried with the Wedgwood family for selective purposes, for certain qualities. Many of these families today are all descended from them. Uh, Wedgwood Ben, uh, who, was, who was assistant to the Prime Minister in Britain for years, and, and he's a descendant from them. Many of them are descendants from the Huxleys as well. They're all interrelated, and they see themselves as a, a more advanced species as the rest of humanity. They don't have junk genes, they claim, and because they have uh, achieved incredible power and wealth and esteem uh, in their nation, um, and held on to that money and power, they haven't produced offspring that squander it, then they, by the Darwinian theory, and they explain this in their own books, by the way, they have the right to go on into a future where they can give themselves life's extension, but not for the masses. The masses to them now are the problem. We are obsolete. It's time for us to go. That is literally Darwinian teaching. Alan, I have a question for you. Because I'm one of the the members here that believes in chemtrails. A lot of people don't believe in chemtrails. I've actually made videos on chemtrails being heavily sprayed, feeling sick, nauseous, um, headache, uh, you know, mm -hmm. incoherent some parts when they start spraying this stuff. Um, can you uh, elaborate um, some of your knowledge on chemtrails and if you believe that they're real and they're mm -hmm. really spraying? Oh, they're real, all right. I mean, I, I remember in 1998, I walked out in the summer uh, and it was the first day of the of the what was going to become a daily spraying. At that time, there were half the height up the spraying that, that, than they are today. And they must have had about 50 planes in the sky. It was a, it was an incredible sci-fi sight to see. And I got everyone I, I knew up and and said, "Look at this! You know what on earth is this?" And um, so it started in, in earnest in 1998, right after the, the, the countries of Canada, the U.S., uh, Britain, and a few other countries in Europe signed the Open Skies Treaty. 
and uh, that was immediately after that it happened so it was obviously arranged and um, it goes back to the days of Teller Teller was the inventor of the H-bomb and uh, he also came up with the idea of using the Tesla technology uh, of standing waves which they could literally promote across a whole continent as Brzezinski said Brzezinski and uh, Teller said that if it could impregnate the air with metallic particles like barium and aluminum oxide and even titanium particles he said um, we can use the air itself the atmosphere as, as a form of conductor that will greatly intensify the effects of the standing wave technology we now call it the harp technology and um, it says this way we can put a secondary wave on it on one hand we can control the weather with it to a great degree they already knew this of course and it really tested it out well in the 50s they knew it would work and he said we can put a secondary wave on it for warfare purposes if need be in times of re unrest even national unrest he said we can cover the entire continent with a, with a carrier wave attached to the first wave and with the air particles spread like this all travel right across the continents and he says it says it can actually be made to to pulse at the same pulse rate as the brain the human brain and they did tests on the people of Maine. They were the first ones to be tested with this technology, the harp combination with the spring, and uh, the details went to the Pentagon. They did admit that all the social services were studying it. The police were told to report abnormalities. Medical authorities reported odd effects, and farmers too, uh, veterinarians. So you had domestic animals going crazy. You had uh, cattle uh, uh, literally charging people like, like the cows, I mean, charging people like bulls you had um, uh, dogs biting their masters you had the highest rate of suicide at one point going crazy with suicide very quickly massive depression and then in a different frequency they could turn it up and you become very aggressive and they were, had all these domestic disturbances so they knew they could literally affect the minds of the public this ties in with, with Brzezinski's book Between Two Ages now Brzezinski was up there with the NSA so they were involved in all of this kind of stuff you see um, in his book Between Two Ages he said in chapter The Technotronic Era he said we have the ability now uh, to use technotronic weaponry this comes under technotronic weaponry uh, that will influence people's behavior without them even being aware of it and it can be used across whole continents well that was back in 1970s he wrote that book so we're seeing uh, the spraying used since 98 um, frequent, on a frequent basis up here is daily by the way and they're, they're using the harp technology along with it. Since 2001, if you tune in a shortwave radio across the band, you'll hear the harp uh, pulsing away there. They change it to two or three times during the day to different frequency levels. But, for, but it's been on 24 hours per day since 2001 now. So it's being used along with the spray. Due to weather, hello. Here, with, uh, not we got out. a lot of wind up here. Oh, uh, Alan, you with us? Yes. I apologize uh, for that. We've got some uh, weather conditions here, and uh, at our locations, and actually, we lost uh, I lost power there for a second. So sorry about that. Uh, okay. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and continue where we left. Uh, yes. Jay had a question for you. Well, we'll oh, okay. So these people that are um, doing these actions, military, um, Bilderberg, Illuminati whoever they may be, they travel 
uh, to places where they're going to get affected by what they're doing. Um, and, I, I mean, I couldn't see them even taking a chance of getting cross-contaminated or whatever else. Mm -hmm. uh, how would that affect um, what they're doing? Why would they do that just to harm themselves ultimately? It won't, because uh, science is so far ahead of whatever the public has ever told. It always has been. Um, all through the Cold War, for instance, there were so many fake releases put out for the public to believe in. This is as far as we have. This is, this is our stealth bomber. This is the best thing we have, etc. Where they were actually miles ahead of it in other ways. It's the same with even, uh, say, the very wealthy elites. They travel in air-conditioned cars that are utterly filtered. They live in homes that are utterly filtered from everything. Uh, the collation therapies that they get, uh, you can carry the thing in your arm. I saw uh, something recently someone sent me. It's, uh, it's basically a filter tube. It's, it's, it's inserted into a vein in the arm. It's strapped to the arm. You can wear it under a jacket. And uh, they change this every day, this kind of thing. And it literally is as good as, as the, the type of um, filters they use for people with renal diseases. It's, it's, so, it's so good. So they can get this stuff out of their systems without any problem. But uh, this won't be given to the public, of course. Uh, they, they have... Um, so, all sciences have three levels. We have the bottom level of professorship down. Uh, uh, that includes medicine as well. Uh, and there's a, a level above them, and a level above them again. Uh, armies today have the basic fighting equipment that we're so used to, to seeing. Uh, the CIA showed us equipment they had back in the 60s and 50s even that we never heard of until Nick Bigich came out with them where they could actually... Um, uh, put thoughts into your mind by little machines that could point at you and Nick Bigish demonstrated a whole bunch of these stuff he said but they were obsolete the CIA were using them in the 50s and uh, it took what uh, 40 50 years before we when we even knew that uh, these things existed so they're always so far ahead and then above the CIA there's another level that the elite are let in on because they would never give all their power to their inferiors since they want to stay in charge uh, so and medicine is the same way too uh, from uh, the medical doctors on down that's the lowest form of medicine it's very primitive really what we have and there's another level above that. That's why you'll see some people uh, living, living until 100. Uh, some, some of the big players, in fact, uh, look at um, old Mr. Rockefeller going across the planet in 90, is it 94 years, um, still giving talks every other day about depopulating the planet. You know, he's up on YouTube do, doing it. He's down in the South America talking about the amalgamation of the Americas. Very busy man. Uh, the Queen Mother died at 100 years of age, never had an illness in her life, no arthritis, no aging problems. As, as most folk have they get treatments at that level that we will never even hear of and neither will your doctor uh, or, or even your surgeon at the local hospital wow um, now Alan weren't you I've, I've heard you say that you were invited to join the Illuminati or they wanted to uh, make you one of their members or so oh, no, I've been asked to join um, some of the round table societies for world citizenship by Rockefeller it belongs to the Council on Foreign Relations and Royal Institute for International Affairs. You might say that's part of it because uh, anyone who's in on the real reality is obviously illumined. Uh, we're uh, the profane at the bottom. We believe the mainstream media, and that is our reality. Uh, but uh, once you're in the lights into these groups, then and it technically you're illumined. Yeah. yeah. 
Matt, you go ahead, Clyde Carson. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it, it's all, of course, very interesting, and I was, I was wondering here, now, I, I, admittedly, I'm, I'm very skeptical of a lot of this stuff because, you know, it just seems like it, it's such a, a complex web of things that have to happen in order for, for all these things to uh, occur, as you described. Now, of course, that doesn't go without saying that there is definitely more than meets the eye in the world. Obviously, there is, and that we all know that there are secret societies that are out there, and there are consortiums of various business leaders and political leaders and financiers who influence world events. Um, I, I guess what well, I guess my question is: these all of these different societies, how so the, the bloodlines that uh, that are ruling us? You, you claim that they have been in existence since uh, since ancient times are these bloodlines that are descended from you know ancient Egyptian cults like the mystery religions where, where do these bloodlines originate from and, and uh, well, you know, can t- how, t- how does one mm-hmm. join one <laughs> and marry uh, one well you'd have to you'd have to marry one and you'd have to be awfully exceptional even to get that offer but uh, you can go back into history and look at the Medici family for instance um, the Borgias is another one. Some of them became popes, and some of the Medici's became royalty over France and other countries. And these characters, ancestors, were lending to the ancient Roman armies as bankers. You know, I mean, down through time, these same people, these same families, knew how to handle this, this strange thing we call money and e- economy and debt and all the rest of it. There's nothing new in that. You go into the histories of Sparta and the incredibly long, over a hundred-year war they had as the, as the the countries that were already taken over through debt by banking uh, were trying to get Sparta as well. This is recorded history. And then we, we, we find uh, often bankers' daughters. E- even Aristotle, for instance, that taught Alexander the Great to be a god in the Gnostic religion. Um, Ale- uh, Aristotle uh, was given a wife of, of one of the top bankers of the Middle East in, in ancient days, a very, very rich person who financed wars of that period and helped finance Alexander's war. Uh, these are these are professions. Economists are bankers. They have long-range uh, outlooks on things um, it's because they must, uh, especially when they're looking for for payments back in payments over a long period of time with debt uh, and profit and um, and interest and all the rest of it. So there's nothing new in that. We look at it today, for instance, and we're given stories about Rothschilds, and there's no doubt whatsoever Rothschilds have really incredibly influenced society. Even today, with this farce of the carbon taxes that are going to come down to personal taxes, guess who brought it forward? It was was Lord Rothschild brought it through in the House of Parliament in Britain, and he he wants all these carbon taxes of the world as corporate, national, and individual carbon taxes to go through his family personal bank in Switzerland so they'll handle all of that a beautiful system so these these guys have been literally altering society for definitely hundreds of years and probably much 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 longer but they believe that they're making it better when you talk to get up there and talk to some of the higher ones there they're all of one mind and I, I kid you not they truly believe in Darwin as a religion and I think when that, you say that, what do you, what do you mean by Darwinian theory as a religion? Yeah. Because you are you don't you believe in Darwinism, Matt? 
I believe in the theory of natural selection that Darwin described, but it's not a religion. No. It's a religion to these people because I'll tell you, uh, and you've got to read the writings of Julian Huxley who goes through the Darwinian process in detail. And he explains it. He said, he, he said if you take any form of life, he said, a tree just doesn't uh, land as a seed somewhere and grow. He said, first, you must get amoebas going in and bacterium into the soil. Then certain grasses must come into it that will grow and die and leave certain minerals behind. And then bacteria moving again and aerate the ground. Then that seed can come in and the tree grows. What happens then is the tree will use all that nourishment. The bacterium, everything else will die off in the process. He's trying to tell you that everything has a purpose to push another higher form of life on. That's the basic theory of Darwin. It goes with humans too. Once the humans, the, the lesser humans, post-industrial, agricultural, post-industrial, um, have pushed on society to as far as it could go in a certain area, those people then become obsolete. Those who have risen to the top and proven they can hold on to power at the top and do practice special selection um, for certain qualities in their offspring, and will inherit an awful lot of money, which is power, the proof that they are successful. They should go on, but we must be left behind. You'll find the same um, symbolism even in H.G. Wells's um, Shape of Things to Come. Uh, he, he shows you at the end of it where all the masses down below the big ivory, ivory towers are trying to rebel. They're so sick of these fast changes uh, that are happening all the time. And the elite take off into space to save their, themselves so they can go on into the future, survive, and leave all the, the, the dead kind behind them. That's what Darwinism is based on. So society, in other words, the ordinary folk, the different level, the junk gene people, as, as they're calling us now, uh, will be left behind. We've fulfilled their job. We are staging rockets to push on the payload. They are the payloads, and they believe with what's left of the natural resources of the world, they have the right to use them, not us. We are, we are useless eaters, according to people like Bertrand Russell. The sheep, in other words, right, Alan? They yeah. call us the sheep. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. Now, I want to ask you, because, you know, in the extreme society, we all believe in everything, uh, different religions and stuff. What do you believe in, in us? Because I've really never heard you talk. Do you believe in nothing? Do you believe in God? Do you, are you a Christian? What are your beliefs? Um, I've no pigeonhole. Uh, I, I avoid pigeonholes because um, that's what people like in, in life, is to have, be in a pigeonhole where other people are. Uh, I, I tell people you can only go by your own life's experiences. Right. Uh, you know, you can't say. It's, it's one thing to say, well, this, this this guy believed this in the previous generation, and we did before him, and him, and him. Uh, so you should believe it too. Uh, no, you can only personally, since you are a newborn creation, unique. You must go by your own personal experiences in life. Uh, I don't deny that there's thing odd things out there, really odd. I've had plenty of experiences myself. But to actually try and classify them under something is a very difficult thing to do. Most folk want to look into something that pre-exists so they can just put it into a slot and say, okay, it's, that's what, it, what it's all about. But it's much, much more than that. Um, you must go by your own life's experiences, I think. And never yeah. be pulled into mainstream. Mainstream religion is, is 
completely controlled by the boys who rule all the rest of the system and the economy. I mean, Rockefeller started up the World Council of Churches, for instance, in, in Americas. Now it's worldwide. And they basically set the curriculum for all seminaries for Christians. And look, look at the mess that Christianity is in today. They're weak. They're emasculated. They're, they're, they, they go along to please now, you know. I, I believe in, you know, a relationship with the Heavenly Father, not so much a religion in essence. Um, but you study the Illuminati and these secret societies and these occults, and when you start reading what they worship and what they believe, and yeah, a lot of it is Darwinism, it's evil in some sense. They believe mm -hmm. in a Luciferian or a but demonic is it, but is it Darwinism or is it a perversion of Darwinism. It's taking Darwinism to an extreme. Not really, no. you got to read uh, Charles. See, Charles Darwin was chosen by the Royal Society, which was, and they admit that in their own website, uh, the first uh, Masonically chartered scientific institution in Britain. Yet to be a Freemason to join it. And, uh, and they had an agenda from the very beginning. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, in fact, part of the agenda, at the beginning, to, to join the Royal Society, like Francis Bacon was asked to, uh, Isaac Newton uh, was there too. They, you, if you were married, you had to leave your wife. You couldn't be married. So you'd become like a priest. And um, <coughs> utterly devoted to it. And um, uh, Bacon was married, so he put his wife away and, and provide for her, but have nothing more to do with him and, and his children. Uh, so they were very, very strict and priest-like in the beginning. And uh, Darwin's, Darwin's uh, father and grandfather both wrote books identi identical what uh, Charles eventually put out pretty well. Because th th what they were really putting out was what they already believed as a religion. And they put it out under the guise of science. They already believed uh, in a, no a noble gene, you might call it, nobility gene. Uh, you've heard of them saying um, uh, that they passed on uh, noble qualities to their children. Ordinary people who were not noble couldn't pass on these noble qualities. It was in the blood, as they said. So they already believed that, and that's why they, they could say that's why all those peasants work the fields, and that's why we sit in the big house here. It's because we are the nobility. Uh, we have um, virtue and abilities which the, the peasants, the, the villains as they call them, didn't have. Well, they basically used what they already believed in um, and, and brought it into this pseudoscience. Part of, the, part of it too, by the way, was to destroy religion. That was admitted at the time. They could not rise to the top as the leaders of the world and bring science to the top as the new priesthood unless they got rid of the old priesthoods and they, they tried to do it through science. They've been very successful, by the way. Very successful. Even Aldo Huxley, uh, in his talk with Mike Wallace up on YouTube there, if you look into there, he talks about that in the, in the 50s, I think it was. He says, the last great bastion uh, that's stopping this new world order and the scientific um, elite who run it on behalf of the masters, the, the dominant minority, he said, as a Catholic church, he says, once that's gone, he says, no, there's nothing to stop it. Well, before we go into our next question here, I just want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Um, if you're rejoining us, we had a little bit of a technical glitch due to uh, weather conditions. So if, if you refresh your uh, Extreme Society show player, you'll be able to pick us back up. We're back on live now, and listeners are uh, piling in as we speak. All right, Alan. Again, um, you're right. One of the things that, again, that just bugs me 
is that a lot of these elitists, they, they do witchcraft, they do black magics, they talk to demons, they, they try to invoke um, a dark energy. Can you elaborate on your thoughts on mm -hmm. that? Uh, there's no doubt that uh, basic paganism uh, is, is, is ancient, uh, and that's, that's exactly what happens. Uh, you, they call down entities. That's what they did in, in the Bacchus rites and so on. They, they would call down particular entities uh, and invoke them. Um, you find a lot of this kind of stuff in the Kabbalah, for instance. There's, there's some of it in the Talmud, even. Um, <clears throat> and you find that uh, people, the Christians, the Christians who adopted the Kabbalah in uh, the days of John Dee, for instance, uh, really went to town with it. And then John Dee did bring out uh, a whole method of calling down these entities in his book that he wrote uh, on the calling down of spirits, he called it. You can still get a hold of copies today. Uh, where you, so you have to know the, 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 the old Hebrew names because each entity has a particular purpose. So if you want uh, to acquire money, you would call down for a certain type of demon if you wanted revenge on someone you'd call down another kind of demon uh, it's a very very ancient type of religion there's no doubt about it and um, even Albert Pike was into it pardon? What, Matt? are you talking about the Anakian uh, the Anakian keys of uh, John D is that you're referring to uh, calling down spiritual powers to, uh, to seek out riches and treasures and, and stuff like that? Yes, but he goes even more closely into it in, in his book it was called uh, um, I think it was the, On the Calling Down of Spirits was the title of the book and uh, it's just one of, of the old uh, Hebrew uh, demons after another or fallen angels if you like um, and, and you must know that the keys to each one. It's the old idea of the, of the genie in the bottle, really. If you know the genie's name uh, and you know you know how the names of controlling the genie, then you're safe. That's what they believe. But paganism um, and paganism, paganism really. Uh, the idea is for the initiate to go through stages of degrees, uh, and eventually you become a god. That's the whole idea of paganism ultimately and that's the same idea that goes through Freemasonry to, to an extent as well um, and into what we call the New Age religions that are all put out by the same people uh, you, you become ultimately a god that's the whole intention of it uh, once you get in touch with your spirit guide your power animal whatever they want to call it uh, you open yourself up as a channel and these entities then can come into you and you become a god yeah you know, you, you were in the music industry and stuff like that, and you can see all the symbology in all the music and all the, you know, you, you mentioned Kabbalah, mm -hmm. and you have Madonna and Britney Spears and everything. It runs rampant through that um, industry, doesn't it? Oh, it's absolutely rampant. Uh, more than you even understand consciously, your subconscious picks up a lot more. Uh, especially with the heavy, the heavily, the heavy sexual impetus on everything, because it was decided long ago that uh, they had to destroy—I mean, totally destroy society in order to dominate society. So their main enemies to take over the world were, first of all, tribes, uh, then the culture of the tribe or the nation, uh, the morality. Uh, that kept it all together, the glue that kept it together, that bound them together, that stand up for themselves, help each other. Government had to destroy uh, 
all of that using the culture creation industry to, to bring down a state of absolute baseness. And once that happened and morality was out the window and no one would stand up to help anyone else, then government truly is in charge of everyone as, as an individual. Yeah. Chaos out of ordos, right? Yeah, yeah. Ordo up chaos. Yeah. And also government, government stepped in too to supplant all the things that communities and families did for themselves. They looked after their own elderly, for instance. Um, they, they'd have friends around, neighbors that, that, would, that would do child care for free as a friend. Now it's all government agencies. And if you go into the writings of Lenin, he said that in the West, he said, so many agencies will, will come out um, run by government that, as services which will eventually become authorities. Well, your police were actually services, you know. They now call themselves forces. Uh, the children's aids are, are, are now authorities. Children's aids authority. Your health service is about to become the health authority. So this is an old, old plan, and it's incremental because we as human beings would accept... A, a, say 10, 15 changes in a week we won't accept it but if you give us a major change every year or two we, we adapt to it very easily without thinking look what we adapt to since 2001 with searches and ID cards and so on and yada 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 um, and, and the fact then they tell us too they're monitoring all our mail all our, all our communications and they have dossiers on every single one of us uh, and we adapt to it and adapt to it and it's no big deal um, we're the most adaptable species on the planet according to Skinner and his writings and teachings on behaviorism and how to control the masses and the individuals through behavior modification incrementally is being used in us all the time uh, Alan, my question for you was, uh, what are your thoughts on vaccinations with uh, small children? And oh, it's, it's, it's disgusting. I mean, <coughs> small children, is, is, you see, none of this makes any medical sense, this whole swine flu uh, caper. Yeah. Never in history, never before in history, have, and even in, in the medical schools today, um, is taught that they cannot predict when there's going to be an outbreak of anything. They cannot predict it. Uh, any bacterium or virus can mutate in, in, a, in a thousand million directions and, and most of them are harmless and you could never predict when it was going to become a lethal killer you, it's impossible but, but they're using this as a pretense to start off uh, annual inoculations mandatory an annual inoculations that's why it makes no sense it's not m meant to make sense it's to, it's to get an agenda starting rolling and, and I'm sure too to start culling off the population however children young children at that age uh, they don't have an immune response system the theory is based on inoculation or vaccination that you inject something that's half dead often it's still alive by the way and batches the virus uh, so that your body can find antibodies to, to the or make antibodies that will actually kill that particular virus what good is it put it into a baby who has no immune system and he can't put out the white blood cells to kill off that virus? It makes no medical sense at all. Yeah. So are you saying that people should not get vaccinated? Absolutely, especially when, when, when as I say, it makes no medical sense. Never in history, and, and yet, as we speak, medical students are still being taught the same thing. No one can, can predict that a virus or a bacterium is going to evolve into a killer. It's impossible. But haven't vaccinations and inoculations helped 
humanity for the past several hundred years since they first began inoculating for smallpox? No. With uh, Jenner in the 1800s? No, I've got, I've got websites here from the British medical journals, The Lancet, and, and all the other data, and, and the U.S. ones. And, and you find in the first uh, mass uh, smallpox vaccinations in Britain, uh, everyone who got it died. No one got it, got smallpox, who did not get inoculated. You wouldn't believe the stuff that's out there for the public to see if they want to see it. Now, when, when did that take place? In the 1800s, yeah. That everyone, everyone who, uh, who received the smallpox vaccination died from the vaccination? They died from smallpox. From the vaccination? Yep. No, no one else uh, that got smallpox it did not get it vaccinated. And, and what's happened is, you see, people were incredibly undernourished then. Uh, in World War One, the average British uh, uh, young guy who went in at 18 years of age grew up to five inches because he was getting meat and good food for the first time in his life. In three months, he grew up at five inches. People were malnourished. He lived in poverty. Uh, it was an uh, industrial working class era. Um, uh, they, they worked up to uh, 16 hours per day. And the, the wages were literally starvation wages. So people were undernourished, and, and ordinary things would kill them off. Ordinary things which they, they, which they should have had immunity to um, would kill them off very, very easily. Im uh, improvements in food and ability to get better food. And that's what shocked the British troops when they saw the Americans for the first time, how, how big and healthy and tall and strong these guys looked compared to the British. It was all to do with their better food and so on. Uh, so that's what killed us. That's why all these plagues just died away. Um, and all the childhood diseases as well. Um, the better uh, f nourishment you have uh, to meat, especially meat and so on, and good vegetables, uh, then the more resistance you have to all these different things that used to be very, very common. Plus we have better hygiene, running water, uh, we have better heat in the winter, um, or more heat in the winter. Uh, all of these things contributed to the decline of all, the, all these so-called diseases that supposedly were all so common. Now, one of the things that I have a problem with are people's extensive use of hand sanitizers, and, I mean, just the general germophobia that exists, especially in the United States. I mean, it's almost to the point of craziness. Mm -hmm. uh, there's several things. Number one, I, I absolutely detest, like, the, the flu vaccine. I don't go for it. I get the, the email or the, the company notice saying, you know, flu vaccines are available. Mm -hmm. You know, you just go here and you get them for free. I don't get them because, guaranteed, I know at least 75% of the people that I know that do get them mm -hmm. end up getting the flu. That's right. Regardless. Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 I really don't care for, you know, cold remedies, flu vaccinations, any of that other stuff. And I will tell you that if I do end up getting it, I actually get through it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I subject myself to, you know, horrid conditions all the time. And, I, I mean, it's America kind of counteracts itself, I think, sometimes mm -hmm. to our prevention of, of diseases and stuff like that. As, as the more that we make our bodies pure of these things, we actually don't ever build up a natural occurring immunity to these things. That's right. That's right. Um, that's, I, that's something that I would hope <laughs> that you would agree with that. that and it almost seems like, you know, if you really want to tie it into what you're saying, that the push of hand sanitizers and all these personal medications that you can take mm -hmm. kind of work in conjunction with what they really want. 
pharmaceutical. You're weakening us at the same time. Most mm-hmm. most Americans they say we're a, a medicated uh, country now. We're overly medicated. Yes. Yes. Oh, stop it! And the problem, <laughs> the thing is that I hate to admit about the you know this H1N1 virus is that as soon as somebody gets a hold of hate. There's something new coming out. It was the bird flu, it was the swine flu, it was this, it was that. <laughs> yep. Whatever is new means that pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. boom, instant lives. Yep. Uh, the news cast, oh, hey, guess what? We've got a new segment that's going to draw people in because this is the hot or the buzzword. Mm-hmm. Hand sanitizer companies and, you know, the people that make the uh, toilet seat well, gaskets mm-hmm. and all this other, and the rubber gloves. I mean, it's going to go crazy. Yep. Well, I agree with that. The other thing is if it's a swine flu, why are people still still eating pork? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, well, here's the one thing. I watch well, the news. I watched the news yesterday. I don't watch the news. I absolutely hate the news because it's just so you know selective and and filtered. And one of the things that I actually saw was that they were recommending that if you take a flight, that you bring a bottle of hand sanitizer, mm-hmm. and that you actually go ahead and be Michael Jackson and wear medical masks. Uh, yeah. So they're almost pr- promoting this agenda of, hey, you know, you need to protect yourself. But really what you're doing is you're creating a barrier mm-hmm. in that your body will not get adjusted to these things and you will not be able to build up an immunity. Yes, and the, the, the studies to show that people um, have, have had, uh, they've already had the swine flu supposedly without even knowing it because it had no symptoms at all. It was so darn mild. And I remember too, they still do this in Britain yet, although the authorities are trying to stop them, where people would have measles parties and you bring all the children to the measles party and you got measles and you were, you, you, you get over it and you were all fine. Uh, mumps is the same thing. Uh, that all these different kinds of parties. So you built up a natural immunity uh, a very powerful immunity uh, with your own body's response system you didn't get things like squalene injected into you uh, this incredible stuff because it's, it's meant to uh, put your, your immune system into uh, overdrive into a war mode the problem is it doesn't switch off once it's killed off um, its enemy it goes looking for other enemies around your system and it eventually attacks your joints that's why you end up with rheumatoid arthritis this is well documented from their own records by the way this uh, injection they want to give the Americans <clears throat> it's not squealing isn't passed by a law uh, to be used on Americans they, they banned the oil based adjuvants as they call them but in this particular flu shot that they've snuck it in there no one's saying anything it's a deadly stuff this squealing yeah yes mm-hmm. um, I was trying to formulate a thought I just went blank <laughs> Well, you know, there's one thing I want to ask you about real quick, Alan, uh, before we talk about some of the other things you're working on here, is uh, one of the main topics going on, I'm sure you've read about it and hear about it a lot here in the United States, is the health care plan oh, uh, yeah. that our current uh, President Obama is trying to push through. Mm-hmm. Now, me personally, uh, I'm against it. I'm against any type of socialized health care plan or a mm-hmm. public health care plan. I'm, I'm against it. But in your opinion, do you think that they're using the swine flu mm-hmm. as a tool to try to help push this plan through? They'll, they'll use everything at their command, every, everything at their command. Um, see, I grew up in a country that had a national health care system. It's factory medicine. Uh, if you see a doctor 
you'll, you'll maybe sit all day in a waiting room hoping that you'll get seen. And right. ca in Canada, you have national, the same thing here. You, you, you can't get a doctor here. You have to walk in clinics. They have no records on you. They don't know your past history. Um, <laughs> you're given a big four-inch long number, four-inch square number, like a cow. They don't, they, don't, don't, they don't give you a clip for your ear, though, like the cattle have. <laughs> but you, be sit with, you, sit, you sit with this number, and, and you might be seen that day, and if the doctor's called away to the hospital, they'll, they'll say, oh, you can all come back again tomorrow and try again. That's national health care system. And it's under the World Health Organization. You have to understand, under the United Nations Treaty, the world they're bringing in is where everyone will get equal access to the most minimal, that's the term, minimal health care available. Absolutely. And when you, when you marry politics and give government charge of your health, now politics have, has agendas. They have agendas. You cannot mix that, give them power over health care, because when they're in charge of your body, and that's what it's coming down to, and they're already ramping on about the greening too many people and so on, how on earth could you hand you the right to tamper with your body? I mean, uh, this is ridiculous. I agree with that. I mean, right now the government can't even handle the cash for clunkers. Yes. Right now they're having mm -hmm. a hard time getting that out. Do you think I want a, a government like that to control my health care? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. We got big Obama, right? Uh, but now, now wait a second. <laughs> the, the, the one thing that I've got to, to add to this is from what I've heard originally, even way into the Bush administration, that America was unanimously saying, or close to unanimous saying, that something needs to be done mm -hmm. with the health care. So this is a response to it. You guys want some kind of health care plan? Let's build up this health care plan. If it does not work and if America does not agree with it, it will not go forward as our Congress and our you know, three-tier government is designed to do, that if it does not actually work and if we don't agree with it, it's going to go down, and it's going to have to be redone again. I got an idea. If you want health care, why don't you get a job and you'll get health care? Because the problem is that the majority of the United States cannot do that, especially with the collapse of the economy. It's becoming harder. And well, who poured all this stuff up? Well, these, these high elite Illuminati. You can bad. always tie it to that, Sonny. You can always tie it to that. You can oh, either uh, tie it to, you know, the simplistic way that things are going, or you can tie it into... Oh, it's systematic. I mean, our, our country's falling down, and we're going to be a part exactly. of the global system, but they already signed the treaties, the American Union and stuff, and Alan knows about What it. do you think <coughs> about that, Alan? <coughs> That's true. You see, <coughs> under the treaties that America, the U.S., Canada, and all the countries have signed, uh, all health care ultimately is to go through the World Health Organization. That's what it was. The United Nations was created to be the global governance of the world. And uh, that's what's happening. They're coming up to the true power now. They're already building up their army as a true one army of the world that's under NATO. And every department there was also to be brought up to its full power, including the International Monetary Fund. That's why they needed to create this crash to bring them up to their with their mandated uh, position as control of all money. But <coughs> healthcare, definitely. Um, the U.S. signed the same agreement, as I say, at the World Health Organization. They will bring in a socialized medical system, which will give you the, the, each person the minimal care possible. That's in the treaty. Every country signed that. So this is really why it's going ahead now. It's time now to bring the United States into the, the same plan as Canada's got and Australia's got and Britain's got and so on. The factory medicine, they call it. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Hello? 
Hello, Alex. Alex, can you lose them again? No, I'm still here, yeah. Okay. okay. We, 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 we got scared. Alan, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Um, health care plan in America, um, they've done tests, they've ran studies, and they say that the socialized medicine like you have and uh, in Canada has it, it's cheaper than our system, and it has the exact same result. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, in Canada, if I wanted a sex change, see, this is, I, I could walk in to, to a clinic and they'd start the proceedings off that very day. They'd give me two or three years of, of personal psychiatric supervision. They'd give me hormonal treatments on the, every, every week for free. They'd give me the, 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 the whole operation in two, two, uh, two phases. And then they'd give me follow-ups with psychiatrists. The whole thing would cost maybe $10 million. But if I have a cancer starting or something really major, um, they put you on a waiting list here and you will be dead before they ever get round to seeing you. It's a political... You cannot mix politics and health together. It's a political agenda that's on, that's on track here. Political. Something in, in reverse to this, though, mm-hmm. in the way that America is and that the way that the majority of, of uh, uh, people in political power follow religious, you know, rights and, you know... They express their religious beliefs as why abortion is always such an issue. Mm-hmm. Sex change would be a massive issue mm-hmm. in the United States. Like, as in, they would probably go so far as to write in, and actually they did with abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to, Obama had to stand up and say, okay, abortion is not going to be covered, and therefore all the Christians, you know, stood up and cheered. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would be something that probably wouldn't go with this new, you know, health care. And they also said that illegal aliens will not have health care. Yeah, but you remember, too, these characters always bring things in incrementally, little bit by little bit by little bit, until we're there, and, and no one notices, because we actually are there then. We always expect something to be immediate. These guys work in the Fabian system, little by little, little by little, and eventually you're ready for the next phase. They will bring it in, too, at the right time. Uh, actually have given you a few years of, of uh, the basic medical care that we have where you'll, you'll never see the same doctor twice he will not have any medical records on you he won't know you from Adam and he won't care either and well, he, all you'll get here doesn't matter what's wrong with you you walk up with a bottle of painkillers and that's it regardless it, it, of what's wrong with you about, um, he, even Obama early on was saying that the, re- the records had to be handled differently Mm-hmm. And uh, we had to streamline that process. I mean, that's how the whole thing started coming about. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's why they want the electronic medical records. Correct. You know, and the other thing I think is yes, Big Brother. And the other yes. thing, well, not if you're <laughs> if you're on vacation somewhere and you get in a car accident or somebody thinks you're going nuts and your doctor knows that just the way that you are, Sonny, mm-hmm. and you're in Nevada somewhere, you I'm won't get locked Nevada. up. Oh, whatever. You won't get locked up. Mm-hmm. No, but what I'm saying is, I mean, any we could look at any point of view and make it sinister or make it look evil. It's not, it's not, it's not, made, it's not to make it look evil. What you have to do is look into the, the countries that already have. They're further ahead along with this United Nations World Health Organization system than you are. And look what's happened to them. That's where, that's where you will go because we all must go. They're standardizing the world to be no exceptions. The success rate of organized healthcare in other countries is not uh, favorable, in my opinion. It's it's awful. I mean, Canada here, the people die all the time. They can't get treatment. Um, uh, As I say, you can't get the same doctor twice. 
and, and uh, you, you, you've got these scruffy little waiting rooms that maybe got 50 people sitting there like a factory and you literally sit there with this stupid uh, number there till, you, till your name's called a receptionist uh, will, will, will shout out over the counter uh, what are you in for? are you supposed to explain in front of her? a receptionist in front of all those people I'm not kidding this is how they treat you at the same time I will say this though I've, I've, I was an EMT and I've been in medical situations and emergency <laughs> situations a lot and even right now though that system is still in place I mean it isn't any different from what you're describing because right. I've actually been to emergency rooms where I've sat there with an injured friend Mm -hmm. And we eventually had to get up and leave and go to another hospital mm -hmm. because we were just still sitting there with holding our little number, you know, yeah. in the waiting room. Exactly. And um, I've seen lost records a million and one times, and I've, I've actually seen this one. I had a friend that fell down some stairs, and he broke his hand. I mean, his hand was swelling up, and he was in horrible pain. We bring him in, and he has to sit in front of somebody and show all of his proof of identification, and he has to prove the fact that he has insurance mm -hmm. at that point in time, or else they're not going to see him. So, somebody who's they in can't do that. was not. Yes, they do it. That's the thing. They My, actually do it. They triage in a way, and their form of triage is almost, you know. My mom's friend Kelly has no insurance, and she's went to the emergency room many times, and they have taken her. A lot of times they don't do that. They are actually scared to do it. The, the, um, we had a car accident. My wife and I had a car accident, a pretty bad one. And, you know, they brought her in on the ambulance. And, you know, they took her. But the only reason they took her is because I was there as her spouse to sit there and spout out all of her. And I had to show that card. They're just like, do you have insurance? That was it. It wasn't, you know, anything else other than do you I'm have insurance? Sure well, you know, we need to do this. Even if you said you didn't have insurance, they, you, they, you, have, you, to, they, have they to take you, but you have to go through a process. Correct. Well, well, let, let, me, let me ask Alan this. Alan, now, right now you're dealing with a situation where you're in the middle of a, uh, uh, a country, I should say, that has socialized health care. Am I correct on that? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, oh, by the way, it was brought in by Tommy Thompson, who's a politician, I think, Manitoba. <clears throat> and he was a eugenist. He was a member of the <clears throat> the World Eugenics Society, and he stated, and I've read it on the air from his own writings. He said that um, uh, says, socialized medicine eventually will go into family planning, and and it says will take care of populations. I don't want inferior people. Inferior people shouldn't live. That was his, that was a Fabian socialist motto. Uh, and, and they brought this this in here. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. When they're on a roll to do with depopulation and at the same time they want to have charge of your health care, you, you should have your, the hair in the back of your heads rising. The, their goal eventually, through health care and through all the laws that are getting rammed through all the, all the time, is eventually, and I've read the articles from the big boys themselves, saying that eventually they'll be in charge of who will be permitted to breed and who will not be um, uh, uh, allowed to breed. And also, they want to bring down the road mandatory sterilization for different people. That's all. They can't do that unless they, they get they get socialized health care and government runs it. They can't do it without it. Like that. And one of the other things, too, I wanted to tell you really quick here, too, is that, uh, you know, when me and my family have taken the trip to uh, up north, and uh, we've noticed that um, health care clinics are like what we have, like, corner stores here in, you know, in the United States. You know, yeah. in the United States, you've got little corner grocery stores at every corner. That's how it was with these little health clinics. Mm -hmm. And uh, one person that I talked to that actually used to live up there, 
basically told me, look, you know, people go to the, the clinics for anything. You stub your toe, they're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, every little thing that us here in America, we would just sit back and, okay, put a Band-Aid on your toe and that's it. Mm-hmm. These people, they actually will rush to the clinics and get care for that, and that's what delays everything. Uh, now, based on your experience, would you agree with that? You'll find that, there's no doubt about it, but you also find that you cannot get on a list of a, of a general practitioner. There's people up where I live here, right here, they've been here 14 years. Uh, that's how long the waiting list is to get on a, a general practitioner. So you have no option but to go to these clinics. The other thought is, Jim, what you were talking about, like those little clinics, mm-hmm. they, they do that here. They, yeah, do, they, they do. do it in the emergency room. And then when you're sitting there and you got a broken hand and you're pumping out blood, that's why you they were, they were nowhere as many mm-hmm. out there as there are here. But the thing is also right there now, there. if you wanted control, if you wanted the lessers or, you know, the inferior people to not have health care, to not, mm-hmm. you know, take care of their ailments, technically we've already got that in place because if they can't afford it, obviously they can't afford it, you know, because they don't have any money, they don't have a job, or they have a job that you know pays them minimum wage, and mm-hmm. they'd never be able to afford, you know, you know, cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. And then also, not all their jobs provide adequate health care and insurances. So therefore, we're kind of weeding them out ahead of time too. Mm-hmm. We, even with the system that we have in place, so it's kind of like, are you trading? You know, uh, the government has another mandate altogether. It's not just to help the people. It's so they'll be in charge of the people and the health and the... Re- really, I'm not kidding you, reproductive abilities. That's all part of it under the World Health Organization. They've talked about the necessity to very shortly start sterilizing peoples and deciding who, sh- who should be able to breed and who should not be able yeah. to breed. Yeah. Alan, who developed, because I've heard you talk about this, who developed, like, Planned Parenthood and everything? Um, well, Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger uh, was, a, was a beauty. You know, she called children weeds. <laughs> and uh, she's a great admirer of Hitler and corresponded with them. She loved Stalin, too. And... Uh, and uh, she she was pre- she was quite open about uh, the whole agenda that they would bring in under the Fabian system of socialism, uh, where only the fittest and those who are qualified to breed would would be allowed to breed, and the rest would have to die off. Julian Huxley was a good friend of her too. Um, again, he was the first CEO of UNESCO for United Nations, and in his own book he said the same thing. He says he says it'll be hard to to convince the people to to be sterilized. We'll have to find ways to do it, either through their food, their water, or injections, he says, uh, because um, they have a more education than, than people of India, uh, therefore they're suspicious, so we'll have to do it through a more um, underhand method, basically, or a more stealthier method. Uh, and that's in his own writings. And he was a big, big member of the World Health Organization. In fact, he, he got the, the, the biggest prize for the Eugenics Society for um, his, his various theories on how to run the coming society. So if, if this does not go through, if mm-hmm. they are not able to control the way that people are having children, mm-hmm. how is it that we as a society in the United States are going to be able to support those who we know have children even mm-hmm. though they are beyond their own means. As in you have a family that is in poverty but they continually reproduce and mm-hmm. have multiple children that they cannot afford to, to take care of. Mm-hmm. So therefore where does that burden lie? And I know Well that see I, he, here's the key with them that we have in the room. Yeah. <laughs> here's the key. Here's the key with the United States system as opposed to everyone else's system. 
and I've, I've heard arguments before to do with murders and, and suspicions of murder and so on where someone said is it, is it better to let, let this person go because of this final lack of proof or 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 um, allow it to go on the books and charge them and therefore everyone else can be charged along with them that, that does something even remotely similar uh, and plus you have the separation of government which doesn't exist anymore as far as I can see from here um, but in other words you, you don't do collective punishment because of a few uh, if someone goes and shoots someone you don't disarm the whole country because someone will shoot you, someone else and uh, maybe once a week or something across the country you cannot well, we do have mm -hmm. the issue where we do have way too many children I mean we, we have, are you part of the Illuminati no I'm not part of the Illuminati and I'm not trying to sound like you that know, I'm, I'm, no but you are right you are right and this is what it comes down to man is the fact that we have a population problem in this country we have people that live in poverty that continue to reproduce irresponsibly irresponsibly they to do so they don't have health care they don't have jobs and oftentimes they don't have the ability to get jobs so we're screwed either way and why are paying for it either through taxes or you pay for it through the immorality of abortion which i know that jim you somehow the, the, the price has to be paid by someone sometime which means that, i mean i've heard jim i've heard you say that and i've heard other people like uh, my friend matt beaton that are republicans not republicans that that completely reject that socialist propaganda because that means that everybody has to take care of everybody else. We're all one people, and we, you know, and they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. They don't want to take care of those people that are being irresponsible. It's a delicate matter. It is, a, and I do not believe, Alan, and I want to stress this. I do not believe that that you know, crowd control as if we were cattle mm -hmm. is the correct answer. But there, yep. there are things that need to be done, and they've got to be very delicately done. Mm -hmm. What I was saying is, though, you can't look at one, uh, say, area of society and use that to mandate laws over everyone else. See, that's the key to everything. That's how you, you lose freedom after freedom after freedom. That's what they used in the Soviet Union. It's called collective punishment. And but unfortunately, that is unfortunately that is something that the United States has done. Mm -hmm. One small situation has has basically created a whole new set of laws that everybody needs to follow. We've done it. That's right. I mean, even with the terrorism bill. I mean, supposedly it was a guy in a cave somewhere in Afghanistan, yes. and 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 then the next day they're checking uh, uh, little old old white ladies with no turbans on at, at the crossings at the borders here. I mean, that's it was nothing to do, obviously, with, with, with the Middle East. This was a pre-planned uh, idea for totalitarian government, and that's what we're going into rapidly, totalitarianism. Lenin said this would happen. Uh, the beginning of his reign in fact he said that eventually there'll be so many towards the end of the millennium he said too he said um, eventually there'll be so many agencies in the United States social agencies that started off as services because you'll come under the, the government authority that there'll be so many of them they'll be tripping over each other's toes and stepping on each other's territory and fighting amongst themselves over the authority over the people and okay. that's where we are today Alan, well, I, I appreciate all the information you provide. We've got a caller on. Caller, do you have a, a question for Alan Watt? No, you don't know. All right, so, well, I mean, that's definitely some useful information, and I mean, it, I, I agree in some sense. You know, I don't, 
I think once you give a little, they're going to just continue to yeah. take more and more. Yes. That's just how it works. So we're looking at people. We're talking about people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So doesn't you, matter. you call yourself a Christian, you don't want to take and care of people. And our point of view would no. change exactly. if we're among them. I have no problem helping a True. fellow brother in need, absolutely. But, I mean, you, they also have to be they responsible, too. But then and how do you regulate them, Jim? How do you regulate You're them? always going to have bottom feeders of the system. What about, no what the system I up. mean, it, okay, so don't kill them off, but, I mean, things like licensing, I, I mean, it, it sounds horrible. I mean, all this stuff really does sound you horrible, but how do you do but, it? But, no, you're right. Listen, listen, listen. The, the whole idea here is that you, you have to make some kind of a choice. You have people that are irresponsible in their reproductive values, right, that are continuing to generate children. If you don't find some way to take care of them, you're, you're always going to have poverty. You're always going to have children that are living in squalor and sickness. And, yeah, you know, we can all say we know people that probably shouldn't reproduce. Maybe sterilization really is an answer. You're not killing people, but sterilizing them, you're controlling a population that is continually out of control. Matt, Maybe that's something that you really should consider realistically. Matt, they do it in Mexico. If a young girl comes in pregnant, they'll give her an abortion. And well, we're not talking about abortion control. Then, then, okay. No, but what I'm saying is the doctor will just go ahead and make the decision to fix it. Snipper. Yep. Wow. I just, I just think you cannot continue to exactly. ignore the problem that continues to grow every year, and it, it's getting to the point now where obviously it's, it's become a very divisive, controversial subject. But I, I think we need to address it at some point because you cannot continue to ignore the elephant in the room. Right. Absolutely, and I agree with that. Well, Alan, I want to thank you for taking the time uh, to join us again tonight. It's always a pleasure having you on, and the invitation is always open, and we hope to do it again. But one thing I wanted to ask you here is tell us a little bit about some of the books you've got going here. Yeah, I've got a, a series of cutting uh, through books where I go into some of the, the histories of um, the system, the, the, the con game, I, I call it, that's gone on down through the centuries by a ruling elite to understand human nature, having studied it for thousands of years. And uh, I also, in, a, in the second one, I've got so Waiting for the Miracle, which goes into the ancient histories, too, of the banking system, how they took over countries and then forced them off to war with other countries, building empires, much like Britain did, and then getting countries into debt and forcing them again to go into wars with other countries, uh, building bigger and bigger empires until they come to the world empire, which they're at now. This is what it's all about. It's a, it's a world empire. And just to finish on what you were talking about there, the countries that didn't have... Um, um, uh, segments of society overbreeding in the western countries where they had their floodgates opened up to immigration uh, to make that same problem happen because they must have the same problems in every country to bring in the world government and they're, and they're saying this is, this is worldwide now we didn't have that in Britain the British people from the, 50, the, the, the 30s onwards were having no more than two children often only one because the government had told them so in 1920. Margaret Thatcher opened the door to, to mainly from India, and she says, we're not breeding enough children now to pay off the national debt. We have to bring in uh, masses of immigration. Well, in came the immigration, in came a lot of the problems too, and that's exactly what they wanted. It was the problems they want. Then they say, oh, look, but, 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 there's too many people living in the cities now. Uh, there's too many of you. Meanwhile, they still keep the floodgates open to massive immigration to make sure we all get the message, oh, there's too many of you. Because the agenda is, and this is where you, why you can't sterilize any segment of the population. Once the government has the right to decide who gets sterilized, what's next when you get laid off your work? Yep, you're absolutely right, Alan. 
Yep. I'm with, with that. Definitely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've got with us Alan Watt. His website again is www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com. As always, we'll continue to have the link up there so you can join in. Uh, just so you can share with our listeners, when will your next show be? I'm on uh, five nights a week on RBN at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, we're really good friends with them too. We've had a couple of uh, other shows, John Stat Miller and so forth from uh, RBN. So, uh, great network. Uh, I encourage everybody to check out his site. If anybody's got any questions for Alan, or if you can't find his site for any any reason, uh, feel free to email us, and we'll direct you that way too. Well, Alan, like I said, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, we hope to do it again, and uh, I wish you all the best and good luck with the show. And uh, Thanks again. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and if I had, a, if I had a good time, it's a good show. Alan, I have one more last question, real quick. Yes. What should we do now? Now that we know the truth on what these maniacal um, psychopaths want to do with us, they want mm -hmm. to kill us off. What, what, what should we do? What do you suggest? It, well, I'll tell you, uh, this is this, this is a, a delicate subject to say on air, <clears throat> so I'll phrase it in a certain way. The elite have made no bones about what they want to do with the rest of the, the world. It's out in the mainstream media, optimation, uh, optimum uh, population trust, Prince Charles backing them. They have uh, uh, unelected members on the British government's uh, parliamentary body advising them on population reduction and so on, and means to do it, etc., etc., etc. They totally plan society, they control society. These guys literally mean business, they mean what they say and I cannot see any negotiating with them at all. This is a new world order, it's a new world order, a new system, and it's post-democratic, that's what they say at the Club of Rome, one of the big think tanks, post-democratic. Democracy is too cumbersome for them at the top to get the agenda through, therefore they've bypassed it and they've gone through de uh, democracy and we're post-democratic. If we don't do something with these guys soon, believe you me, they will eradicate us. There's no doubt about it. They've given us enough information from the United Nations and from all their big think tanks and, and their, their major media publications as what they're, where they're going to take us as a society of massive depopulation, forced depopulation, etc. And, and I, by the way, I mean, they're now in charge of all of your food. They have been poisoning you all along with your food, with the inoculations uh, and uh, stuff in your water. Um, after Kessler, another guy who worked at the United Nations, wrote a book on it, The Ghost in the Machine. He says we were finding ways to lobotomize that part of the brain that makes you an individual. Once that's eliminated, eradicated, you'll be a happy person, content. And he, and he says um, you'll cause the, the, the system no trouble. That's, that's what the sort of things they're working on and published by guys who work on these projects. It says we can put it in the water in, through inoculations or in their food. Well, guess what? They're doing all of it. These guys mean business. Um, politics is just a front. That's all politics is. It's a complete front. When, when all the top guys are picked in advance at the Bilderberger meetings, they're all members of the Council on Foreign Relations, regardless of what party they belong to at the top. Um, Professor Carl Quigley documented that so well in Tragedy and Hope. So we're not run by any kind of democracy, but we are run by a definite pre-planned agenda, a world agenda, and people must go into the United Nations and look at Agenda 21 for the 21st century. They must look into the think tanks put out by the U.S. military and the British military. I have them up my archive section, my website, 90-page reports on what they see for the future. Massive rioting starting in 2010 
food shortages because there are five agribusinesses controlling your entire food supply now. They're going to use food as a weapon and uh, they're going to have flash mobs. And they even say that in the Western Hemisphere they will be using neutron bombs, uh, literally battlefield neutron bombs on masks demonstrations in the future. These guys mean business and we better get to work and we better be prepared to deal with business because, uh, to be honest with you, um, they're ruthless at the top. I, I cannot see any negotiation. Well, there you go, folks. You, Again, Alan. for more information, visit his website, www.cousinsthroughthematrix.com. Alan, again, thank you. It's been our hey. pleasure. Uh, we always love having you on. And like I said, we hope to do it again in the future. Well, thanks for having me. All right, thank you. Have a good night. Thank you, Alan. Take care.